Welcome. Today we're going to learn Pashat um, Vayishlach. But before we start, I would just like to mention something. Two weeks ago in Pashat Taldais, I suggested that the story of um, Yitzchak and Rivka going to Gerar took place before the birth of Yaakov and Esav and Enmuk the Mochabetaira. And I said, I what the reason for that was. And I mentioned last week that Rebelli uh, Cohn sent me a proof because how could they have relations during a famine? And this week he sent me another proof, very excellent proof, but uh, I'm not going to get into that. We're not gonna, but uh, my good friend and neighbor, Martha Friedman, was so taken with the idea that he said that uh, it must have been mentioned somewhere before. So he did a lot of research, and he found in Rabbeinu Ephraim al in the edition that was published in Johannesburg in 1950. I'm just going to read to you the few lines. He says, you can ask, Who gave him permission to have relations during a famine? is forbidden. Those who are childless are allowed to. It's not an order. So this is Rabbeinu Afrayim ala Torah. Also my son Chaim, uh, found it in another sefer that I never heard of. He also found this that it's out of sequence. So Baruch Shekivanti. Okay, so let's uh, talk about Vayishlach. So in Vayishlach we have one of the most puzzling incidents in the Torah. Yaakov is coming back to Canaan and Esav is coming towards him with an army of 400 thugs. And he's, uh, you know, he's frightened. What are you going to do? He splits his machna, and then everybody crosses the river, and it says, "Vayivasa Yaakov levadai." Yaakov remained himself on this side of the river. Why did he remain, remain there? Why didn't he go along? So Rashi says, "Shochach pachim ketanim v'chazar aleim." He forgot some small jugs, and he returned for them. So this is like incredible. Uh, Yaakov was fabulously wealthy. He had so much money, so much, you know, he had, he had sheep and camels and whatever you want, huge flocks of everything. And he has to add this, you know, this is, everybody asks this, why, why is he going back for a few jugs? So, you know, people say that uh, is to show a chorus that everything's from Hashem, even the little things. But he put himself at risk. He was in danger by staying here, by, by, by staying himself over there. Why would he put himself at risk for pachem ketanem? What was his reason? So the Gemara, this comes from the Gemara. The Gemara says like this, Gemara Chulun, of Tzadik Aleph. Yaakov Levadoi, so, Amar Rabbi Lazar, Shenishtayir al Pachim Ketanim, stayed for the small jugs. Mikalat Sadikim, Shechovev Aleim Mamoinam Yoiser Migufam. 
that for tzaddikim, their money is more precious to them than their bodies. And v'kolkachlama, why? V'kishayim paishtinyadeim begezel. Because they're very careful with gezela. And then the Gemara says, should not go out by himself at night because it's dangerous. And you see, Yaakov went himself, behuzak, and he was and, and he was injured. So, so you see from over here, It's not just that he really cared so much about the pachim not that he really cared so much about the little jugs, but more than his goof. He was, he was putting himself at risk of injury, and he was injured. Nevertheless, his, his pachim katanim were more precious to him than getting hurt and getting wounded. Why? So the Gemara says, So what, is, what does this mean? That, that Yaakov was uh, worried that if he leaves those pachim katanim, which are worth, I don't know, a dollar, two dollars, and he's got millions and if he leaves those pachim then maybe somewhere down the road, this will lead him to have the sign of Gezel. That's why he went back for them. What does it mean for Shem Pashtun Gezel? What does the Gemara mean? It was a Shash Gezel over here. So this language of that we found this language also in Kriyashma. In Kriyashma, in Pashtun we say, you have to love the Rebbe with all your heart, with all your... Well, Rashi says, You should take everything and love the Rebbe Even if you're going to lose your life, your love should overcome that. With all your money. Because there are some people that oh, I just, yeah, okay, Bonsiba Yaakov, that it was Chavav Yosem I'm assuming that it was not in danger of dying because, of course, you can't take a chance. You can't do this. But his danger was not, Gufai was not a danger of dying, it was in danger of being wounded. So being wounded, he was willing to accept being wounded rather than lose the little jobs. No, why? So here Rashi says, There's some people that their money is more precious to them than their bodies. So we're not talking over here about the tzaddikim, that they're because they, they're worried about gezel. Because that really, what does that have to do with with, with, with loving the Rebbe Shalom completely. This is something that they, they, they care about the, the little jugs because they don't want to do gezel. So it's talking about regular people. Regular people, there are people, we know, that it's more important for them to make money than to, uh, than, than to take care of the, their health, of their bodies. You find there are people that will, that will uh, go to great lengths They'll travel far away and they'll go to places of risk and all this because they have to make money. So there are some people that will put themselves at risk for money. I'm assuming that it's not the norm, that, but there are such people. So, so Rashi is saying, means that 
that there are some people that they care more about the money than the goof. So why do we need a Pasuk for these people? We're saying, and the Pasuk adds, because there may be some people who will put themselves at risk in order to make money, so we need a Pasuk for them. What is, what is, the, what, what is, going, what is, what is Rashi saying? So before we, you know, I want to bring up another question. The Gemara says in the Dorim that four people are considered like a mace. Ani, a Metzoira, a Summa, a Misha, Somebody's poor, somebody who has Tsaras, a blind person, and someone who has no children. So we could understand why someone who has no children is considered like a mace because he's going to be cut off, there won't be any continuation of of, of generations, so that's considered like dead. Ra- Rachel said, "Am I in Beisanarchi?" So Rashi says, "Because if you have no children, it's like you're dead." All right, we can understand that. Mitzayra, we can understand. Mitzayra sits by himself outside of the camp, all by himself. He like he's dead. Asuma, why is Asuma like he's dead? So Rashi says in the beginning of Pashas Vayetze, when it says Olakei Yitzchak, and Aval Pishla Metzinu Mikra Sheyichal Kosh Baruch Hashmoel Tzadikim. Rabbanishon does not does not say Olakei such a person as long as he's alive, because you don't know what he's going to do. A person may turn, you don't know. A person could be 80 years a Kohen Godel and then who becomes becomes a, a, a Tzadiki. So Rabbanishon only connects his name to a Tzadik only after his after his life. And here it said okay Yitzchak when he was still alive. Sarash so says why? Because um because of his eyes he he lost his vision. And he was trapped in his house, he couldn't get around, he was blind. He's like a dead person. He has no Sahara. He's just like he's He's, he's not involved in life. He can't do anything. He can't do anything, and he has not yet Sahara. You know, if a person can't see, his anayim don't see anything. So assume it's chashav kameis. Good, we understand this. But why is the only chashav kameis? Just you know, a person is poor. So what does a person who's poor do? He uh, he's mispanis matzadaka. He takes the dock and he lives. You know, I see all these mishalachim coming around in the shuls, and I imagine some of them are really aniyim, and uh, you know, they have a job. They they go around and they 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 collect money, and uh, people collect programs. So programs also provide you money, and uh, because through tzedakah, through programs, these aniyim who have nothing. They are able to feed their families and clothe them and marry them off. And so, you know, of course, it's not the most dignified thing to go to be an Oni and to, and to, have, to, to have to live by collecting or by, by, by taking uh, government programs. Maybe it's also not so dignified. But, okay, so it's not so dignified. People clean toilets for, 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 for Parnassah. It's also not dignified. So just because what they're doing is not so dignified, so that's why they're considered like they're dead? Why is the only Khashiv like he's dead? He's got to eat, he has what to eat, he has what to wear, he has where to live. I mean, he's okay. You know, he lives from Tzedakah, so he's not rich. He has no property, but, uh, but the, why, is he, why is he considered like a mace? So, 
you know, on the Erev Rosh Hashanah, we do our Torahs in the Dorim. So usually we have four people, groups of four people, and we take turns. One person gets up and he, he says the Nusach of Torahs in Dorim, and then uh, you, you sit down and you're, you're the best, and then the other people do, take turns. So you get to see it or hear it four times, and you're just sitting there. So many years ago, I was looking at it, and, you know, you know, it's not very, just have to sit there, so we're looking at it and see, what are we saying? You know, there's a lot of words, like Yisrael, Lechayim, Lechayim, like this. And say, and, the, and one line jumped out at me. He's saying like this, Three things. Now, normally we understand that a person is a hybrid of a soul and a body. And the, the Ruchnius comes connected to the soul. And Gashmi's materialism is connected to the body. So you have two parts. You have you have a spiritual side, the Ruchnias, and you have a material side, the Gashmias. So there's two parts to a person. What is money? Money is meant to serve either one. You know, you have uh, you have a Ruchnistic side, you want to sit and learn, you want to do mitzvahs, you want to think, so you need money. You have a Gashmias side. So you need, you want to have a nice house, you want this, you want that. You need money. So money is just there to serve either the guf or the neshama. Why is it considered a separate thing? Why is it a separate thing? It seems like it's a, it's a different thing. So really, the Pasuk says in Kahelis, Oyev Kesev Lo Yizba Kesev. A person who loves money will never be satisfied. He'll always want more. The Medra says, with a slightly different language, but the one that we're, that we're familiar with, Yesh Mana Reitzim Masayim. If you have 100, you want 200. You have 200, you want 400. Whatever you have, you want more. Why does a person need so much money? Why? Why does a person why, why does a person need so so much money? Isn't there such a thing that a person, let's say, has a taiva for chocolate? A person loves chocolate. So would you say that a person loves chocolate, he will never be sated with chocolate? There'll come a point there'll come a point when he just cannot look at another piece of chocolate. Just giving chocolate and chocolate and chocolate. Okay, enough. Enough. You know, you get, you get nauseous from looking at a piece of chocolate. If the, any, any type of Gashmias, there comes a point where you're sated, where you don't want anymore. So why is, uh, why if you want money, why if you want money, do you always want more money? You have $10 million, you want $20 million. Why do you need that other $20 million? You have plenty of money, I don't know, maybe today people have bigger assoggers. If you have 100 million, why do you need 200 million? You know, you can, you can do everything you want. You can satisfy all your tithes, all your needs. So why do you need the second $100 million? Why? That's why that's Yeshua Mwana writes a Messiah. You have 100 million, you want 200 million. Why? Because it's, it's insurance in case the market turns and you lose your first hundred million. If it turns, you lose the second two. Don't worry about it. So why do you why do you need so much money? Why do people need this? Terence says because 
There are three parts to a person. There's a goof and an neshama, and there's momen. The need for momen has nothing to do with the needs of the goof, and nothing to do with the needs of the neshama. A person needs money. A person needs money. There are three parts to a person's personality. There is the spiritual intellectual part, which is neshama. There is the material part, which is the goof. And there is the possessive part, which is the mammon, which is the money. A person needs money. So there are three parts. So we say that the nadorim that we made, whether they are they affect the, the neshama part or the goof, and, or the moment part, we want and all these things. So what is this? What is the purpose of this moment? Why does a person need the moment? How do you explain this other aspect, which seems to be a fundamental aspect of a personality? The person has, when we say, we say, a goof and the shaman and the moment. It's, it's, just, it's like a triumvirate. Three, three parts. Three. So I think you can explain it with uh, Rashi and Ovis. The Mishnah says in Ovis, Yofe, Sho achas shel koiris ruach ba'olam ha'bo, mikol chaya o'olam ha'zeh. One moment of pleasure in o'olam ha'bo is equal to the entire o'olam ha'zeh. Why is o'olam ha'bo better than o'olam ha'zeh? Why is it so much more pleasurable? So Rabbein says, and Leirah saw, you're going to be in El Mabba, you're going to see things that you never saw, it's going to be dazzling. But Rashi doesn't say this. Rashi says something else. Rashi says, We call Kairos Ruach Shalom, why? A person cannot have complete pleasure, peace of mind, in this world. Why? Because he always has problems and, and issues. Always there are problems in this life. A person is afraid of dying. So in this world, you cannot be completely happy because you have problems and because you're aware that you are going to die with the awareness of mortality. You see from Rashi, first of all, that there really is no difference to Eul Mabo and Eul Mazeh. Eul Mazeh, if you, if you really do it right, so Eul Mazeh, you could fill it with Torah mitzvahs, and then it's the same as Eul Mabo. It's the same thing. The reason why Eul Mazeh is worse than Eul Mabo is because Eul Mazeh, we have problems, and we have the awareness of mortality, and Eul Mabo, you have none of that. So you could, you could, you could enjoy the Torah and the, all the mitzvahs of the Torah and all the, all the concepts and ideas and the insights of the Torah without any kind of any kind of distractions and complete relaxation, where by Lamazeh you can't. I think that's the shot that Shabbos is made no Why is Shabbos made no Because Shabbos you can't worry. So a person, I mean, you could control it to a large extent. Me'en, 
but you get an idea of what my boy is. Because comes Shabbos, and and really you can control yourself for for one day to put all your daigas and all your your problems and your business and your health issues. You put them out of your mind. You can't worry. So and, and then if if you, if you do if you if you have Shabbos properly, if you uh, spend time with your family and you talk and learning and you talk about mitzvahs and you tell you know wonderful stories of tzaddikim or whatever, not dvorim betalim, then that is Ma'ba. That's my boy. You can get a taste of it. It's not quite because no matter what, a human being doesn't clear his mind completely. But you get a sense, a taste of Elamabo. So according to Rashi, that's the difference. So Rashi is telling us a tremendous yisoid. Rashi is telling us that that a person is always aware of mortality. You think, no, nah, I don't think about death. I'm young. I'm this. I'm that. It's not true. Person is always misyore minamisa, whether it's consciously, whether it's subconsciously, a person has an awareness of mortality. From the time you come to your senses, you know that you are going to die. And that is in your mind, in your consciousness. And, and sometimes it comes to the surface, and sometimes it doesn't. But this person lives with the awareness of mortality. And I think that this destabilizes all people. It makes them neurotic. It gives them anxiety. If a person would know, would know that he's not going to die, you would not recognize such a person. He would not be like anybody we know. Everybody we know with all their issues and everything, it's all because at the root of it, they know that they're going to die. They know that they are, and, and they feel, they feel that they are a halayim yov, a ruach nishavas. They feel that they are, that, that they're going to die, so they're just like a fleeting a dream. Their life doesn't have any reality, doesn't have any substance. It's, it's, it's like a, a, a gust of wind. It comes and it goes and it's gone. And, and so here I am, and, and, and uh, you know, we turn around and I'm gone. What am I? What am I? So this is a very, very difficult thing for a person to deal with. And that makes Olam different from Olam Even if everything is going well, and you don't have so many problems, but Misyorim and Amisa, everybody has the Misyorim and Amisa. So I think that this is the point of money. When a person has money, then it makes him feel grounded. You tell me I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disappear, but I own an office building in Manhattan. So that gives you a sense of solidity, a sense of substance. That's what money does for a person. It makes him feel grounded. It gives him, even though it's, of course, it's an illusion, because you're going to go anyway, no matter what. But at least, as long as you're here, it gives you that sense of, of, of solidity. It makes you feel like something, where if you don't have money. So the Gemara says in Psachim, that when, when Dosan Aviron went down into the ground, by, by the Adas Kairach, and they went down with Kola Yikum Mashev Raglayem. What does Yikum mean? So the Gemara says, Omer Abelazar, Zem Amaynoi Shal Adam Shemamidoi Al Raglav. This, what does Yikum, a person's property? It puts him on his feet. It gives them stability. Not that the Mamanshal Adam, that it gives them bread on his table. That's not what Yikum means. That's, you know, of course, you, you have money, it gives you, it gives you what to eat. But Yikum means having wealth, having something significant, where Mamidoy al Raglov. It puts you on your feet. You feel stable a certain amount. With, uh, without money, without money, 
you feel completely destabilized. So even though an Oni, even though an Oni has what to eat and has where to sleep and he marries off his children, but he doesn't have any property, he doesn't have the Yakum, he doesn't have anything from Amida al Raglov, he has nothing to protect him, even, even in an illusory way, he has nothing to protect him from the awareness of death. An Oni lives with death all the time. He's always aware that he's going to die, and he doesn't have the moment, Hamamidoi al-Raglov. This is, this is what these three things are. So, so, uh, so oh, oh, one second. So we're going back now. So this is what, this is what uh, these three things are. So, Bechol Ma'idecha, we say, Yesh Adam What does that mean? There are some people, I mean, and I, I would say most normal people would not. But some people, their, their, their need for money is so, so, you know, not everybody, you have money, so you have a certain amount of money, so you feel stable. But some people, oh, yeah, they need more, they don't feel, they still don't feel stable, they need more money and more money. So that shows you that there's some people that would choose their money, they would risk their body to, to get more money. It shows you that there is a side of a person, there's an aspect of the person, of the human personality, which is not there to serve the needs of the body, which is something in itself. Since by some people, the, the possessive aspect of a person is greater than the material aspect, so you see from that, that that is something for itself. Therefore, all people have all three. It doesn't mean that there are some people, the Oyev Kesav has moment, the ones that Oyev Kesav doesn't have moment. Everybody has moment, everybody has a neshama, everybody has a guf, and everybody has a tzad of moment. All people. So what the Pasuk is telling you, that you have to love the Rabbani Shlelem completely. B'chal is your neshama, that your body, even if you take away your life, which is the living body, and means the money, the tzara moment. Every person has three sides. He has the neshama, he has the guf, he has the moment, and you have to love the Rabbanu Shlalem completely with everything that you are, all together, you have to love the Rabbanu Shlalem. That's what Rashi is saying in Beskhanan. So, um, about 25 years ago, I had uh, a problem. I had a serious problem in my life. And I went to Eretz Yisrael to ask Eitzes from uh, Rabbanim Gedolim. And I went into Rabbi Shemandl. Rabbi Shemandl was, uh, was um, a Galicianorov, uh, a big Mekobel. And he was a Talmud of my grandfather, the Marash Engel, the uh, Radomish Lerov, got smicha from him, and I went into him to get a bracha from him. And uh, he was very, he welcomed me very warmly, the Enikul of the Radomish Lerov, and he gave me a bracha. And the bracha that he gave me, he pointed me to a Pasek. Says Vayova Yaakov Sholem, Ir Shechem, Sherberetz Kanan. So Rashi says, Sholem be Gufai, Sholem be Mamainai, 
Shalom b'tayrasai. Shalom b'gufai shenitzrapem mitzliyasai. His wound was healed. So he was shalom b'gufai. Shalom b'mainai shlechasalei klum. He sent a gift to Esav. That was considered a chesorin. It was considered that it was stolen from him because he gave it under duress. He didn't like him, I want to send him a gift. He gave it to him because he was afraid of him. So he sent him that doyrin. So really he took money that was his and meant for him and he gave it to Esav. So that, that created a gap in his money. His money wasn't shalim. The money that the Shem allotted for him was not complete. Part of it Esav took away. So the Medjur says that his other flocks were more fertile and, and he recovered everything that he lost by sending the Dairon to Esav. He recovered it and he was Shalom B'Mamaynoi. And then he was Shalom B'Terosoi Shalom Shachach Talmud B'Beis Lavan. By Lavan, he didn't forget his learning. He was Shalom B'Terosoi. So this is what he gave me. He gave me this bracha. And, and, and when I looked this Pasuk, and I really never really was was aimed on this pasuk. Never looked at it so closely, but I saw it. This is what this is what what we say on Torah and Doran. This is what we say in the Kriyashma. There are three aspects of a person. Shleimus. A person has to be complete. So a person is complete by being shalom begufai, by not being sick, by not being wounded. He has to be shalom b'tayrasai, and he has to be shalom b'mamaynai. He has to have whatever moment he has, if he's not chaymet for more, but whatever moment he has, he has to be shalom. It has to be complete. So Yaakov was shalom in all three. This is what, 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 the, what the Rashi says over here. So according to this, we can understand the pachim k'tanim. Yaakov was a tzaddik. The dominant side of a tzaddik's personality is the neshama. That's his dominant side, without question. But he has two other sides. What are his two other sides? He has a tzaddik moment and he has a tzaddik guf. Which is more important to him from these two? Which one does, it, does, does, he, does he want more to have shleimus in the tzaddik moment or in the tzaddik guf? He has to make a choice. He's not at risk of his life. He has a risk of, of, of getting hurt. So if he gets hurt, then he's not Shalom B'Gufay. If he, if he loses the Pachim Ketanim, then he's not Shalom B'Mamaynoi. Even if Pachim Ketanim take away from the Shleimus, if the Ban Shalom gave you this moment, if you lost Pachim Ketanim, then you're not Shalom. So because a Tzaddik cares more be Shalom B'Mamaynoi, why? Because Shleimus in your moment protects you from Gezel. A person who is not shalom b'mamaynoi is at risk of gezel. Not that he's going to need these pachim k'tanim and these pachim k'tanim are going to make a difference and when he run out, runs out of money, then, then he's going to start stealing. That's not what it means. It means that a tzaddik is worried about gezel. So if a tzaddik is worried, always careful, you know, not to, not to stay here and be very careful with gezel. If a person is not shalom b'mamaynoi, then he cannot be so worried about gezel. A person, to protect a person against Gezel, he needs Shleimus. He needs to have no chesorin. The Pachim Gitanim would have been Mechaser his moment. Not as much as the Doirin is Mechaser his moment. But it still would be not Shalom B'mamayna. So, and, and, but on the other end, if he goes to the Pachim Gitanim, then he could get wounded. And his Guf is not Shalom. The Tzaddik would rather have Shleimus of the moment than have Shleimus of the Guf. That's the way I'm saying Pachim Gitanim. I want to say a couple of small things also. Um, when they came to Shechem, 
So the whole story with Shimon Alevi, Dina was abducted. Shimon Alevi went and and um, and they killed all of Shem and they rescued Dina. And Yaakov was upset. that you you uh, what have you done? They didn't tell him beforehand. They told him after the fact. They told him, and he he did agree, didn't agree with them. So they said, should we make our our sister like a, like a harlot? Now, they had they had differences of opinion. Yaakov and the Shvatim had differences of opinion, which is allowed. They had allowed. When it came to to uh, going down to Mitzrayim to get food, they said, we have food, we're not going. And Yaakov said, why should you show yourself as being more prosperous than other people? So go to Mitzrayim. So over there they listened. Over here they had also a difference of opinion. What did they think? And Yaakov says, you're putting us at risk. The, 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 the nations are going to kill us. The Farshim say that they thought that everybody's going to understand the justice of what they did. So therefore we did the right thing. So they had a difference of opinion. When Dalacha, if you have a difference of opinion with your father, you cannot contradict your father. You have to say it in, as a question. Maybe it's like this, or maybe it's like that. So the Shvatim said, They said a question, do you really want to make that our sister should be like a harlot? So they said it correctly, like a shayla. And Mamela, they were in that form, they were allowed to disagree with their father. But who was right? In the end, Yaakov was right, because it says that when they left, that Hashem, there was Chitas Alakim, Banshlem scared, there was a, a, a like a Shlokadarchateva. He gave them a special fright that didn't chase after them. So apparently Yaakov was right and not not the Shvatan. Now it says Marochal gave birth. Rahul gave birth and Vatikur Shmai Ben Oini. She called him Ben Oini. Yaakov called him Ben Yaman. Now we know in all the Shvatim, the, the Imoyas gave the names to the, Shvat, to the Shvatim, not Yaakov. Rahul and Leah gave the names. And, and uh, over here, uh, Rahul gives him a name. And Yaakov changes it. Why did Yaakov change the name? He didn't like the name Benoini. So I don't say a klal. Targum doesn't translate names. When you have a name, it's a, it could be a Hebrew name, a different name. The name in Targum is as it is. Targum will sometimes give you the current name, like Ben Rekem Bechegar, Ben so so he'll say that that city that we're talking about today it's called something else. Trachoina, different different names he puts in which are current, but the, the, the name itself he does not translate. He don't translate the name. A name is is what it is. Over here, Uncle says, "Ukras Shmei Bar Devoi, Bar Devoi." He translates Ben Oini, Ben Oini, the son, the child of my sorrow. And he translated Bar Devoy, the child of my sorrow. Why is he translating it? Apparently, Unkelis understood. Why is Yaakov changing the name? So he understood that Ben Oini was not a name. It was a comment. She said, this is the child of my sorrow, because she felt she's going to die. So she said, Ben Oini, this is the child of my sorrow. She did not name him, but Yaakov named him. Yaakov gave him the name Ben Yomen. I want to say one more thing of conclusion. At the end of the Pasha, 
Vela Malachim Hashemolchu Beretz Edaim Lefnei Malach Melech Neisrael. And then it goes through all the Malachim. Belach Ben Boyer, Shemirei Den Hava. Then he died, and then it was Yoiva Bezerach and Batra. And he died, Chushamirei from a different, everyone a different person, a different, a different place, a different city. And the Gemara says in Avayda Zora that uh, there's a Pasuk in Avadia, Avadia said in about Edom, he said, Hine cotton satricha bagoyen. I made you small. Why small? The Gemara says, She'eim eshivim melech ben melech. They don't have a hereditary monarchy. So, okay, so, so apparently this was not hereditary. Because you see, it was like, the, you know, uh, different, each, each, um, each melech was from a different father, a different place. It was not a hereditary monarchy. So why is that uh, such a crisis? Why is that so bad? I mean, because uh, it wasn't democratic, you know? I mean, because it, it wasn't a monarchy. So what was it? Some people say they had a democracy. And at the end of the term, they got somebody else. So many years ago, I read a history book, a famous history book, uh, by Edward Gibbon called The Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire. Very interesting book. And I, and I saw there was like, I don't know, 40, 40 emperors he went through. And the great majority of them, the method of succession was assassination. The emperor was assassinated and somebody else took over. Very rarely was it that somebody come uh, sent to the throne of Imperial Rome through anything but assassination. So I think that's what was going on over here. Rome is Edom. Rome is the center of Edom. The minig of Rome to have a succession by assassination, that minig was established here. Every single one of them came from a different city, had a different family, and he killed the one that was before him. This is what I think, maybe. Thank you very much, and I hope to see you next week.